0: you'll be able to download the podcast. On the Premier Skills English website, you can read the transcript and join the Premier Skills English community by completing a language task in the comments section. This will really help you remember the new words and phrases from the stories from the Premier League. This week, I've got three stories for you. I'm going to talk about Brighton's performance against Wolves, Fulham putting up a fight against Manchester City, and Spurs' brave attempt at a comeback at Anfield. The vocabulary from the stories that I'm going to talk about this week is miserable, a gamble, exquisite, glory, intimidated, unfazed, valiant, sublime, clumsily, controversial, and salvaged. But before I get to this week's stories, I want to give you the answer to last week's football phrase. If you didn't hear it last week, here's one more chance to guess now. Last week's football phrase was to be (laughs) This idiom is a football cliché that's used to describe a team who concede a goal in the opening minutes of the match. It's as if the team were not quite ready for the game to begin. The phrase can be used to describe other situations where someone failed to do something because they were not paying attention. Congratulations to Gabriel Salgado from Brazil, Denis 2000 from Belarus, Viet Wingo from Vietnam, Hassan from Turkey, Shikabala from Egypt, Ryohei from Japan and Renan from Brazil. It must have been a difficult one this week as not many of you answered it. Well done to those of you who managed to work out that the football cliché I was looking for was to be caught napping. Thanks for all of your responses to the task. I was really impressed by the different lessons people have learned from football. Renan spoke about learning resilience and to never give up, and Ishin wrote about communication skills and the value of building team spirit. Riohei shared experiences of learning good sportsmanship and treating opponents in a friendly way, even when they're not being friendly. Alex from Ukraine spoke about the value of a shared goal and The proverb, if there's a will, there's a way, and Shikabala has learnt the importance of motivating the people around them. I was so happy to hear these lessons and to see how you take the lessons from the pitch and apply them to other problems and challenges in your lives. Now it's time for this week's first story. When you listen, I'd like you to try to answer the following question How many changes did Deserbi make? before Brighton played Wolves. Brighton thrash Wolves Following defeat in the FA Cup and a miserable midweek performance at Forest, Brighton's manager, Roberto De Zerbi, had to make some changes for Saturday's meeting with Wolverhampton Wanderers. He made five swaps, giving some players who don't often get the chance to start an opportunity to prove their worth. Swapping so many starting players is a bit of a gamble, but it paid off for De Zerby, who got to watch his side crush Wolves as they put on a spellbinding display in the Sussex sunshine. The first goals came through holes in the visitors' defence. Dennis Undav looked as surprised as anyone after he poked home his first for his club, Pascal Gross got the second when Brighton countered. Wolves just couldn't keep up with the pace and let Gross run unchecked to fire in the cross. While Wolves' back four was poor, Brighton's attacks would have tried any defence in the league. Pascal Gross's second goal was exquisite. He took one touch to control a squared ball. Without letting the ball drop, he curled it past the keeper. Welbeck scored with a header that was a bit too easy, before getting his second with a world-class strike from outside the area. In the 66th minute, Undav found himself with only the keeper to beat. Saar came out, quickly shutting down Undav's angles, so he tried a risky lob and executed it perfectly. When Roberto de Zerbi was interviewed after the match, he told reporters that he thought Brighton's performance was the best of his career as a coach and I'm not sure anybody would disagree. Final score, Brighton & Hove Albion 6, Wolverhampton Wanderers 0. Before the story, I asked you, how many changes did De Zerbe make before Brighton played Wolves? The answer is five. De Zerbe almost changed half his team when Brighton welcomed Wolves on Saturday. De Zerbi changed almost half his team when Brighton welcomed Wolves on Saturday. The language from the story that I want to talk about is miserable, a gamble and exquisite. Miserable. Miserable has two meanings. The first is very sad. If your team has just lost a a really important match, your friend might say, cheer up, you look miserable. The second meaning is unpleasant in a way that makes people feel unhappy. We use miserable to talk about wet, grey, depressing weather. Not for thunderstorms or really dramatic weather, just the sort of weather that means you can't go outside and play football or do anything fun. We don't use the word for really tragic events, just events that make you feel unhappy. Gamble. The word gamble comes from gambling, which is when people play games or make predictions about things and win and lose money based on whether they win the games or are right about the predictions. Personally, I don't gamble, but there are lots of businesses in the UK called bookmakers where you can go and place a bet on the outcome of a sporting event, mostly horse racing I think. We also use the word to talk about any activity that involves risks, where things could go wrong and someone could lose something important like their job or some money. If someone takes a risk, you can describe their action as a gamble. And if it works out well, you can say that the gamble paid off, or didn't pay off if it doesn't work out well. Exquisite. The adjective exquisite is used to describe something man-made that's really beautiful, usually because the person that made it is a master at their craft. So you might hear people talk about exquisite jewellery or an exquisite dress. Sometimes people describe fancy food as exquisite. You can't use the adjective to describe something natural, like a a sunset or an animal or person, but anything that's been created, if it's really beautiful, might be described as exquisite. Now it's time for this week's second story. When you listen, I'd like you to try to answer the following question. Who should have scored for City? Fulham put up a fight! Manchester City went to Fulham on Sunday. The new league leaders are on an impressive winning streak and haven't lost a match in the Premier League since the beginning of February. City are that good and they know it. Fulham have been having a respectable season. They are safe in the middle of the table with only 15 points left to be played for, which means they're not going to be relegated and they're not going to challenge the top four. This means they're now playing for the fun of it and the glory. Fulham were not intimidated by City, and while their players might not have been earning as much money as their rivals on Sunday, they made them work for it and easily earned as much respect and support from their fans. Manchester City went ahead from the penalty spot after only three minutes. The incredible Erling Haaland took the penalty with such force that Even though the keeper had read the direction of the shot, there was no stopping it. Fulham, though, were unfazed by the goal and kept pushing back. They took advantage of City's confident high press and back three when Andreas Pereira caught them out with a lovely flighted pass to Harry Wilson. Wilson headed the ball back into the path of Carlos Vinicius, who let the ball bounce once before slamming it hard into City's goal. Julian Alvarez restored City's lead with a sublime finish, fired over the heads of six Fulham players and out of reach of Fulham's keeper, Bernd Leno. Leno did well to save that scoreline with some incredible stops, denying Jack Grealish more than once, who was unlucky not to have scored. Final score, Fulham 1, Manchester City 2. Before the story, I asked you, who should have scored for City? The answer is Jack Grealish. Grealish has been playing really well this season and was unlucky not to have scored. The phrases and word from the story that I want to talk about are glory, intimidated, unfazed and sublime. Glory. This is a word that has come up before in these podcasts, but It's quite common in football English, and it's a word I like. In football English, glory means honour and admiration. So, if you do something that other people respect and admire, you might say that you did it for the glory. Most of the time, glory is achieved through victory in sports or in war. When a player scores a goal, They often run to their fans and for a second or two, they're seen to absorb the shouts and cheers. This is often described as basking in the glory of their goal. Intimidated The word intimidated has the word timid in it. Timid means shy and nervous and without confidence. It's very close to frightened. To intimidate means to make someone nervous. Before a boxing match, when the boxers are weighed, they try to intimidate their opponent by looking as tough as they can. If you have to talk to the director of the company that you work for, you might feel intimidated when you meet them. Unfazed. Unfazed is an interesting word because the negative form is much more common than the positive form. Fazed means disturbed or surprised. So unfazed means not surprised, not worried or intimidated. So if something scary or worrying happens to you, but you're able to carry on with what you're doing, then you are unfazed. Manchester City must be an intimidating team to play against, especially if they score an early goal. But Fulham didn't change their game plan. They carried on attacking and played well. They were unfazed by city and their early goal. Sublime Sublime means really good, really beautiful. To me, the word means the very best of something beautiful. If you're expecting something to be beautiful and then it still surprises you with how beautiful it is, then it is sublime. The word has a sense of beyond the limits. So, if a footballer plays with sublime skill, then they're playing beyond the skill levels of normal players. Now it's time for this week's third story. When you listen, I'd like you to try to answer the following question. Who was lucky to stay on the pitch? A valiant effort at Anfield Last week, when I spoke about Spurs, I couldn't believe what I'd see. When they went 3-0 down after 15 minutes on Sunday, it looked like we were in for a repeat. But somehow, Spurs fought back. Liverpool's first two goals came in the first five minutes and in both instances, Spurs' failure to defend played as big a part as Liverpool's ability to attack. Spurs had nine players back, yet Curtis Jones scored after he was left unmarked at the back post. The second goal came when Cody Gakpo surged forwards, slicing through Spurs' defence, then cut back for Luis Diaz, who struck the ball well. Ten minutes later, things went from bad to worse as Romero clumsily took down Gakpo in the area, giving away a penalty and somehow Spurs were three down in 15 minutes. Spurs didn't get back into the game until the 40th minute when Perisic ran onto a well-played through ball and got the better of Virgil van Dijk to cross for Harry Kane who scored with a right-footed volley. Son Heung-min put Spurs back in in the 70th minute when he found space behind Liverpool's defence to collect a beautiful pass and then score with a very composed finish. Liverpool started to look worried and make mistakes – including a controversial foul by Diogo Jota on skip that earned Jota a yellow card but could easily have seen him sent off. Spurs finally equalised after three minutes of added time when Son Heung-min took a free kick that Richarlison headed down and into the net. He ran to his fans, convinced that he'd salvaged a point from the match. But there was still a minute left and that was all it took. A terrible mistake by Lucas Moura let Diogo Jota run through the defence. The strike was good and Liverpool were back in front. Seconds later, when the referee blew the final whistle, Spurs had lost the match. But through their resilience and determination, they must have won back their supporters. Final score, Liverpool 4, Tottenham Hotspur 3. Before the story, I asked you, who was lucky to stay on the pitch? The answer is Diogo Jota. Liverpool's forward was a bit lucky not to have been sent off after catching Oliver Skipp's forehead with a high boot. Apparently, he apologised after the match. The phrases and word from the story that I want to talk about are valiant, clumsily, controversial and salvaged. Valiant. Valiant is an adjective that means very brave and determined or heroic. We talk about valiant soldiers. It's related to valour, which is an old-fashioned word meaning great courage and honour. I think the word valiant is most commonly collocated with effort. So if someone tries very hard to do something and shows courage, then we can describe their attempt as a valiant effort. This is used to make people feel better if they try to do something and fail. You can tell them it was a valiant effort, meaning the attempt is worth praise, even if they weren't successful. Clumsily The adverb clumsily describes an action that's performed without grace by a, a clumsy person. Last week, I mentioned the word when I was describing the adjective agile. Clumsy is like the opposite of agile. I am quite clumsy. I'm okay at slow speeds, but when I play football, if I'm running with the ball, I'm not very good at stopping or changing direction, so I cause accidents by clumsily running into people. I like the sound of the word clumsy. I looked it up and it comes from an old Scandinavian word that means to make numb. If you have an anaesthetic at the dentist, it will make you numb so you can't feel any pain. If you are clumsy, it's as if you are numb and you can't feel and control your body properly. Controversial The adjective controversial describes something that causes a lot of arguments and disagreements. The noun form is controversy. For example, the ex-president of the USA, President Trump, is a very controversial figure as different people have very different ideas and opinions of him. In football, VAR is still quite controversial as lots of people disagree with it and think it breaks up the flow of the game too much. To salvage. This verb means to save from destruction. If a ship sinks at sea, anything that's saved from the wreck is salvaged. You might also try to salvage things from a shop or business if there has been a fire. When Richarlison scored an equaliser well into added time, he was confident that Spurs were going to finish with a point. After 15 minutes, when they were 3 0 down, It didn't look like they were going to win anything, so it looked like they'd salvaged a point from figurative football destruction. OK, that's 11 words from the stories today. They were Miserable A gamble Exquisite Glory Intimidated Unfazed Valiant Sublime Clumsily Controversial and. Salvaged. Listen to the stories one more time to hear the language in context. Brighton Thrash Wolves Following defeat in the FA Cup and a miserable midweek performance at Forest, Brighton's manager, Roberto de Zerbi, had to make some changes for Saturday's meeting with Wolverhampton Wanderers. He made five swaps, giving some players who don't often get the chance to start an opportunity to prove their worth. Swapping so many starting players is a bit of a gamble, but it paid off for De who got to watch his side crush Wolves as they put on a spellbinding display in the Sussex Sunshine. The first goals came through holes in the visitors' defence, Dennis Undav looked as surprised as anyone after he poked home his first for his club. Pascal Gross got the second when Brighton countered. Wolves just couldn't keep up with the pace and let Gross run unchecked to fire in the cross. While Wolves' back four was poor, Brighton's attacks would have tried any defence in the league. Pascal Gross's second goal was exquisite. He took one touch to control a squared ball. Without letting the ball drop, he curled it past the keeper. Welbeck scored with a header that was a bit too easy, before getting his second with a world-class strike from outside the area. In the 66th minute, Undav found himself with only the keeper to beat. Saar came out, quickly shutting down Undav's angles, so he tried a risky lob and executed it perfectly. When Roberto de Zerbi was interviewed after the match, he told reporters that he thought Brighton's performance was the best of his career as a coach. And I'm not sure anybody would disagree. Final score, Brighton & Hove Albion 6, Wolverhampton Wanderers 0. Fulham put up a fight. Manchester City went to Fulham on Sunday. The new league leaders are on an impressive winning streak and haven't lost a match in the Premier League since the beginning of February. City are that good, and they know it. Fulham have been having a respectable season. They are safe in the middle of the table with only 15 points left to be played for, which means they're not going to be relegated and they're not going to challenge the top four. This means they're now playing for the fun of it and the glory. Fulham were not intimidated by City and while their players might not have been earning as much money as their rivals on Sunday, they made them work for it and easily earned as much respect and support from their fans. Manchester City went ahead from the penalty spot after only three minutes. The incredible Erling Haaland took the penalty with such force that, even though the keeper had read the direction of the shot, there was no stopping it. Fulham, though, were unfazed by the goal and kept pushing back. They took advantage of City's confident high press and back three when Andreas Pereira caught them out with a lovely flighted pass to Harry Wilson. Wilson headed the ball back into the path of Carlos Vinicius, who let the ball bounce once before slamming it hard into City's goal. Julian Alvarez restored City's lead with a sublime finish, fired over the heads of six Fulham players and out of reach of Fulham's keeper Bernd Leno. Leno did well to save that scoreline with some incredible stops, denying Jack Grealish more than once, who was unlucky not to have scored. Final score, Fulham 1, Manchester City 2. A valiant effort at Anfield. Last week, when I spoke about Spurs, I couldn't believe what I'd seen. When they went 3-0 down after 15 minutes on Sunday, it looked like we were in for a repeat. But somehow, Spurs fought back. Liverpool's first two goals came in the first five minutes and, in both instances, Spurs' failure to defend played as big a part as Liverpool's ability to attack. Spurs had nine players back, yet... Curtis Jones scored after he was left unmarked at the back post. The second goal came when Cody Gakpo surged forwards, slicing through Spurs' defence, then cut back for Luis Diaz, who struck the ball well. Ten minutes later, things went from bad to worse as Romero clumsily took down Gakpo in the area, giving away a penalty and somehow Spurs were three down in 15 minutes. Spurs didn't get back into the game until the 40th minute when Perisic ran onto a well-played through ball and got the better of Virgil van Dijk to cross for Harry Kane who scored with a right-footed volley. Son Heung-min put Spurs back in in the 70th minute when he found space behind Liverpool's defence to collect a beautiful pass and then score with a very composed finish. Liverpool started to look worried and make mistakes including a controversial foul by Diogo Jota on skip that earned Jota a yellow card but could easily have seen him sent off. Spurs finally equalised after three minutes of added time when Son Heung-min took a free kick that Richarlison headed down and into the net. He ran to his fans, convinced that he'd salvaged a point from the match. But there was still a minute left and that was all it took. A terrible mistake by Lucas Moura let Diogo Jota run through the defence. The strike was good and Liverpool were back in front. Seconds later, when the referee blew the final whistle, Spurs had lost the match. But through their resilience and determination, they must have won back their supporters. Final score, Liverpool 4, Tottenham Hotspur 3. Right, now it's time for you to think about the language again. Your challenge this week is to complete the gaps in the following sentences with the correct forms of the words that I've spoken about in this podcast. I've taken all of these sentences from news websites and edited them slightly. Number one. In the finale of The Piano, a a TV series, the blind pianist Lucy stunned the audience with a... Performance of a Debussy arabesque. Number two, the F1 team tried to explain why soft tyres for the sprint race looked like a worth taking. Number three, find out about the crown jewels to be used in King Charles III's coronation. Number four, dog walkers in a park in Glasgow are being warned about letting their dogs. Ducks and other nesting birds. Number five. The weather forecast on the BBC predicts weather for the coronation long weekend. Number six. There's a new feature on mobile phones designed to stop people walking into things. Number seven. Despite attempts to trace the owner of the bags. Hundreds of thousands of pounds in cash that was found in a rubbish dump still goes unclaimed. Number eight. American whiskey from a 170 year old shipwreck could be worth millions. Number nine. A collection of exquisite 18th century porcelain will be included in an auction in Chard next week. Number 10. A police officer was when he investigated a car parked on the side of a motorway and discovered a pregnant woman in the final stages of labour. The officer helped to deliver the baby on the front seat of the car. Number 11. Lionel Messi leads Argentina to... Is he now football's greatest? Leave your answers to the language challenge in the comments section on the Premier Skills English website. Your task this week is to complete another sentence. This time, I want you to think about all the football matches you've ever watched or played and let us know about the most surprising thing that you've ever seen. Complete the following sentence. The most surprising thing that I've ever seen at a football match is... The most surprising thing that I've ever seen at a football match is. Share your ideas in the comments section on the page for this podcast on Premier Skills English. Now it's time for this week's football phrase. The football phrase this week is just a word, and the word is. In football, often. Defenders are supposed to stay close to a member of the other team to stop them getting the ball. If a player is it means that nobody is watching them and trying to stop them from getting the ball. If a player is when the other team has a free kick close to your goal, then that player will be a target for the player taking the free kick. If you know the answer, be sure to leave it in a comment on the page for this podcast on Premier Skills English. Before I finish, I'm going to go through the answers to last week's language challenge. Number 1. On Tuesday night, the Northern Lights put on a dazzling show over Dorset. Number 2. The two-time Grand Slam runner-up retired injured from her semi-final match against Eger Sphere Tech, with the match lasting only three games before the Tunisian threw in the towel. Number three. We asked Sonia Kruger why she never tried her luck in Hollywood after starring in Baz Luhrmann's hit film Strictly Ballroom. Number four. Dogs use their tails more as a communication tool. Tails do not play a significant role in the canine's agile movements, according to a new study. Number five. Pep Guardiola calls on Manchester City fans to step up ahead of their crucial match against Arsenal. 6. The boss of a North Wales butchers says he is shell-shocked after being quoted nearly £800,000 for a year's supply of energy at his small factory. 7. The basketball player started the game off red-hot and never took his foot off the gas with 24 points on a 10 of 12 shooting. Number 8. Sri Lanka vs. Pakistan. Who has the upper hand in the final of the Asia Cup? Number 9. Neighbours living in a Nottinghamshire town say they would be sad to see a shopping centre demolished, but many are happy that the site will be put to better use. Number 10. Female journalists are facing a relentless barrage of attacks and harassment, with nearly a third considering leaving the profession as a result, media support organisations have warned. And that's all I have time for today. Before I finish, I just wanted to say that I hope you found this podcast useful, and I hope all of you stay fit and healthy and safe. Bye for now, and enjoy your football!